Welcome back to Wisdom of the Weight Room, the podcast where we take our wisdom gained in the weight room and we weave it into your everyday life. I'm Brock. This is Miguel. What's up? <laughs> All right, and we're here. So uh, what's up? Thanks for tuning in. Before you do anything, make sure whatever link you saw this on or whatever platform, share it out, hit a follow, hit a like, give us some feedback and get this uh, get this podcast out there. Let's uh let's get into like the overlining topic of the day. We want to talk about success. What is it? How do you obtain it? How do you measure it, etc. So we'll kind of go on a, a more thorough explanation like within like weight room settings, etc. And then we'll kind of get into more of like an overarching uh like life success. So we have yeah, so success. Let's just training. Yep. Coaching, and then what's how society deems you successful? Yeah, let's just start here. I have I actually have the definition. Like okay, yeah, give it, give, give us give the listeners what. It so is. how like the internet would define a success is an accomplishment of an aim or purpose. So that's what like Google says. Say that one more time. An accomplishment of an aim or purpose. Okay. So there's a certain purpose. Of an accomplishment okay. within that purpose. Okay, accomplishment. Which is pretty. I think that's pretty. As good. a good as a def- definance of it. Yeah. So I, how would you, in your words, how would you define success? That's really tough. I know. You it's, know, it's it's very tough. Um, very individualistic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, it's pretty much your own opinion of what how you define success. Yeah, you kind of have to define it yourself. Yeah, you have to know. Yeah, no, what, what, like is, no, what does no success one, mean to you? Yeah, no one can really define it. Like, there could be a definition of success, like a, a generalization of it. But as far as like what actually is success, I think that definitely comes down to the individual. Well, you know, success to me is defined as working your butt off every single day without making any excuses on why you aren't where you want to be. So you'd say like effort and success have a direct correlation. I think that's yeah. what you're kind of saying. Yeah. Like yep. Your effort is correlated by your success. Yeah. If yeah. you're willing to grind and work hard for whatever you want every single day without making any excuses, then you are on the the route to becoming successful. Yeah. And only you know yeah. what success yeah. truly is for yourself. I agree. I think there are, I kind of relate it to two two types of success. Mm-hmm. There's like measurable success. Yeah. It's like goal-oriented, right? There's, there's a certain, and that's kind of where the, the definition went, like a purpose or an aim yeah. with an accomplishment after the fact. So there's like some type of goal setting where like, hey, I want to lose 10 pounds, I lost 10 pounds. That could be deemed as success, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, I want to make this much money, I made that much money. There's like cause and effect, A and a B side of it, right? So there's measurable success. It's quantifiable. It's progressional. It's it's goal-oriented. But then I think there's immeasurable success, if that's even a word. So like quality behind, like you said, effort and, and work and things like that. There's like an, an emotional response from success. Whereas like I may have not achieved what I wanted to achieve, but the process and journey that I went through during that time led me 
to feel successful. Like, hey, I missed the mark. Like, I got second place or I didn't PR my mile, but I worked hard enough. I sacrificed enough. I, I did the work, though the actual outcome wasn't what I wanted. I'm still successful because of the journey that it took me on. So I think there's like, again, those two type of successes. Like, yes, you can measure it and you can actually obtain it in that regard. But that there's that immeasurable, unobtainable success that only comes from putting in the work. Like you said, the effort. Mm-hmm. I agree, man. That was good. <clears throat> so talking, let's get kind of get in the weight room side of it. With your athletes, how do you go about aiming or, or measuring their success within the weight room? Well, yeah, just I, I measure it. their success by when they see success. When they see their personal growth. And so I think what for me, yeah, I could say, oh, Johnny put on, you know, this is success. You know, he came in weighing 170 pounds. Now he's weighing 200 pounds. That's success. But I like to go further than that, you know. And he wanted to gain weight, right? He wanted to gain (laughs) weight, yeah. Or, you know, um, I've had players that can barely squat 135 that end up squatting 400 in a year. That's to me a success, but it's more than that. I want the kids to understand it's not a number. It's not a weight. It's growth. It's internal growth. What have you seen in that last year? You know, remember when you came in, when you were unconfident, where you didn't want to do the lift and now see how far you've come, where you're lifting it with confidence. You have a swag about yourself. You come in, you own the room. You are the hardest worker in the room. And then talking them to them about that to let them see that I see that. Success to me is also with my athletes is when they come in and they're doing the right thing. You know, when they're disciplined. Like right now we're having the issue, you know, where we've had the issue this past week where athletes don't want to wear a mask in the weight room. Well, I understand why you don't. Okay. It's very hard to breathe. Right. And you're sweating and it gets all sweaty. But the ones that are disciplined enough to wear all the time above their nose without me ever telling them are the ones that are also very successful on the football field. The ones I always have to tell to put your mask on right are the ones that never find success on the football field. So it's a direct correlation to everything that they're to their success. And so it's explaining them, explaining to them in those words that it's funny how things work guys or girls. It's funny how this works where the ones that don't want to wear a mask, you're not going to find success. Like, what are you talking about, coach? That makes no sense. I'm a very good football player. It doesn't matter if I wear a mask. But I say, what I tell them is I said, well, if you're not disciplined to wear a mask, you're not disciplined enough to know the plays, where you're not disciplined enough to know where you need to be on the field at the right time, where you're not disciplined enough to make a play. It all goes hand in hand. And that's for every single sport. So when an athlete starts seeing success, they see their performance on their field or on the court is getting better. But then they can correlate it back to, okay, I remember when I came in in the summer and I was out of shape. Couldn't hardly do anything. Couldn't squat the barbell, couldn't do this. And now I'm to season and my performance is amazing. I feel good. I'm not getting injured. I have confidence. I I go out and I give it 110% because I've worked my butt off through the process of getting here for the last hundred days, now I'm able to tap into that. 
that when they succeed that success, it's more about the success in their sport than anything else. That's why we're strength coaches. Yeah. But when they truly see that success and see like, wow, this is why I grinded so hard. This is why Coach or Coach Secor, I was gonna say Coach Miguel, uh, Coach Secor worked and, and and got on us. And this is why we did two hundred up downs. This is why he did what he did to us. This is why we did breathing squats. Now it all makes sense. And when it clicks in their head, you can see it in their eyes. Clicks in their head, you see it in their eyes. And that's how I find success with my players. I would say I agree with you 100%. My my take on it, I think what you're explaining is, it's not so much what you're doing, but how it's being done. That's going to really yeah. drive adaptation and drive growth and success. And that, again, leads into the field, on the court. And then those harbor attitudes and principles and habits within an individual that then leads to successful principles in just their life yeah so yeah yeah and when you say life brock that's what it all is about yeah. having the success sports will not always be there no and so how do you find that same success in what you do every single day and that's what we do as coaches you and me are the very 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 similar in how we coach and it's not about the sport Obviously it is, but it's not. It's about developing it's, these yeah. these kids into adults that can find the success that they want individually in a way that helps them become a better member of society. Athletes need to understand that like shortcuts get you nowhere. Yeah. It seems yeah. like it was like, yeah, you can take the shortcut through the trees, but then you end up in a hole and yeah. then you're stuck. Yeah. And then you try to climb out of that and then you just keep piling on dirt, piling on frustration and anger and all this shit. And eventually you're, you're stuck in that hole forever. But if you take that journey that is, yeah, a little bit sucky, it's, it's a hard road to follow. That's why not many people are successful because mm -hmm. it takes patience. It takes consistency. It takes a certain element and a certain attitude of a person to truly see that success. So that's why I always tell my athletes, Again, it's that quote. It's like, it's not it's not what we're doing. It's how we're doing it. And it goes into all facets. Like, when we come into the gym, we're going to warm up. We're going to warm up properly. Yes, it's. I, I know you guys hate warm-ups. I know some of you guys aren't even conditioned enough to get through a warm-up. But it's important. Putting the, the pins on the proper height. Having the, the bench set up properly. Putting shit away when we're done. These are all elements that, yes, they're sucky, but they're, they're a principle and they're a staple of what we do. We're going to work hard. We're going to do it right. We're going to be consistent. And then we're going to clean up after ourselves. Because those elements are foreseen all, all throughout life. Because, there's again, like I said, there's no shortcuts. It's interesting. This is more for individually for myself. Is when I, when, and this is just a small little tidbit or story, I guess. But when I was in high school, I didn't have the nicest car, but I had a very nice car. I would say comparatively to other people. The Malibu? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I I had decked that thing out. I had a screen before screens were a thing. You know, the subs I remember, were... I remember that thing. Yeah. Put the rims on it and everything. But I kept that car clean. I washed my car once a week. I vacuumed it once a week. And that crazy thing with that is that became a habit. Yep. Because for my next car, my second car, which was a Ford Fusion, I did the same thing. 
kept it clean. I washed it once a week. I vacuumed it once a week. When I got my Jeep, which was my dream car, I did the same thing. And I do the same thing in other aspects. When you walk into my gym, everything is put back. Every night when I leave the gym, I make sure that everything's back. The hooks are where they go on the rack. The safety catches are where they go. I wipe everything down. The dumbbells are back. They're not just on the rack. They're on the right, the right spot level that I want them. Yeah. And so it's taught me that that's a form of my success. It's a form of me learning a habit that has kind of rolled over into my life of my work. You know, it's the same expectation that I have in the weight room without college my athletes know that you need to put the, everything back the same way you found it in this certain way that i want it my expectation for that came from my own discipline mm-hmm. and discipline will get you to become successful it leads you in the steps of becoming successful and if you do it every day that's how you find success the, the simple discipline will get you to where you want to be it's like that quote that you said it's that grind before the shine mm-hmm. based attitude and not like I said not everyone does it but when you develop those little consistencies within your day like making your bed putting weights away hard things become easier i don't if mm-hmm. that's making sense mm-hmm. because there's organization to your life there's yeah. there's a pathway to your life there's not this mess like i said that that analogy that i said earlier when you're stuck in a hole and when you try to speed through a, something like that, you're just you're just piling more dirt up upon yourself. Yeah. But if you just step back and just slow the shit down mm-hmm. and realize, like, okay, like this side of the hole, this dirt's all wet and muddy and and inconsistent. But over here, there's structure, there's rigidness to it. Yeah, this is my way out of here. Yeah, you only develop that type of attitude by that little habitual grind of putting stuff away doing things the right way it's like in a like woodworking or or shop or whatever it's like the quote of measuring twice cutting once yeah you're getting through something faster when you just measure cut measure cut measure cut but eventually it gets to where oh i fucked up but now this board that i'm cutting on there's nothing left Mm -hmm. i can't i can't go back but if you take your time if you develop if you grow in the right time frame you build a foundation to stand upon. Well, okay, let's let me ask you this. You you haven't really given your point point yeah. of view on on your what how you measure success for your athletes in the weight room. So what what is your how do you do that for your, yourself, Brock? How do you measure it at the high school level? So I said it earlier. Like I said, there's two types of two types of success. Um, so of course we have, like I said, we have our lift cards. We have our our program that is progressional. We have the data to follow, right? Yeah. And that's how we kind of can measure if we're succeeding or not. If we have a certain goal in mind, like a certain like a certain uh position. Certain position uh, okay. on the field yeah. has yeah, yeah. like we certain positions have certain outlines of, of things that it should be doing, right? Yep. Linemen should be stronger, defensive backs should be faster, type of thing. Yeah, yeah. There's these generalizations to it. So we take those certain principles of of goal setting and then we follow the numbers and then that's how you kind of measure if if a kid's being successful or not like hey we have this is our this is our outcome that we want these are the numbers that say help these type of players right so 
it just leads into like, our, if the programming's well enough, if it's written enough, if the kid's doing the right things, there should be a, a, a linear progression, right? In, in some cases, cause and effect, right? So that's one way to measure success, of course. But like I said earlier, there's a certain element of success that only comes between the ears. It comes from, again, doing the little things, putting the dumbbells back in the right spot, not just put them on the rack, put them where the 10s go, put them where the 50s go. Don't put the 50s where the 10s go. That shit bugs the shit out of me. Yeah, but, yeah, um, just Yeah, like you said, putting the pins back. Back the right way. And the only ones that truly, that that understand that are the ones that are doing it. Yeah. Like most people would probably call me crazy. Why, did, why does he always, why does, why does he want the weight room to look like that? Why does it matter if we leave a barbell out? And that's both in the Iowa Central weight room and my own weight room. Yeah. But in my head, it's like, it, it's teaching yourself to be, disciplined but to take pride in everything that you do yes yes that's what it is it's taking pride in yourself and taking pride in what you have i have pride in my weight room both the iowa central and my home gym because i want everything to be kept nice it's it's letting people know that i care about what i have and it gets very hard because at a gym last thing you do is like take care of things because you think about being all Rah, 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 and like you lift things, throw things, and everything else. But at the end of the day, like I want my things to be kept nice. Yeah. So I'm disciplined enough to do that. And if I am, then that everybody else can do the same thing, even if they don't care about it as much. Yeah. But you see what you see what people truly care about by how well they take care of it. And it just it blows my mind, like when people don't take care of nice things or even even not nice things. Even I, you know, I I take a lot of respect and. And people that, you know, go to a car wash that their car might not be that nice, but they're washing it. And they take care of it. And they're taking pride in it. That's respect. That's where I respect the hell out of you because you don't have to do that. You could be like most people, but you're doing what most people won't do is taking pride in what you have. And that at some point, that's going to be the line to drawing you from this point to the next point of success. Yep. So like I was saying, there's there's certain elements that we measure growth on right mm-hmm. you measure success on but the biggest one for me again that's kind of more not actually like quantifiable it's more like felt yeah is yeah, yeah a, a sense of like satisfaction a mm-hmm. sense of mm-hmm. of purpose behind something so maybe a kid didn't didn't get the outcome that they wanted like if we're te- if we're testing out and they wanted a certain weight to hit and they didn't do it i just sit i i tell them to sit back and actually like just just think, just outline what we've done for the last month. W- what took place? What elements were you in control of? What elements did you succeed in? Take pride in that. Like you're saying, take ownership. Take, in, take pride in like the, the work that we put in. Because I feel that's, again, a far more satisfied means of success, regardless of the outcome. And then gr- grow on that, though, too. Like take that sense of failure and find a successful means from it. And again, if if you actually like sit back and you you think and you like pencil in like all the things that you did, you can generally find what's wrong and fix it. So like mm-hmm. if you're hitting if okay, I want to hit 500 pound squat and I'm close to it, but I failed. Reverse engineer your certain things. Find out what maybe you could have did better and then do it that way. But again, that only comes from an understanding of of work 
and a sense of pride within work. Because if you just come in and just just do things, for one, you you have a, a sense of you or you lack a sense of discipline to where most of the time you don't care. Like, okay, I just I did something. I squatted today. That's that's enough, is it? Mm-hmm. Isn't it? And again, like there's certain elements of success within successful people that you're never truly satisfied. Mm. You're always trying to move the needle. You're always trying to level up in some aspect. But again, it comes down to a sense of, of satisfaction of just taking pride within like the work that you did. And like we're saying is that only comes from doing the the little things. Great people do everything great. Like you don't just wake up on top of a mountain. Miguel, I can't tell you to go outside and place you upon this hill at the bottom of it and say, this is your success, but I can't put you on that mountain. You have to make that climb. Mm-hmm. And that's just the same principle of us as coaches. We can take our athletes and place them in front of this mountain, AKA like program and tell them, Hey, this is your success. Like this is the road to your success, but I can't climb it for you. Mm-hmm. You have to make the climb yourself. Let's talk about your own. Let's talk about training, personal training. Okay. Your own personal training that you've done, not personal training of clients, but explain success in your own training. I believe you you get triumph through failure in a sense, right? So it's just having a a disciplinary action of it's not a what's the what's the quote? It's not a sprint it's a marathon yeah so i have i have a sense of purpose within my program because i know the journey is usually far out succeeds the the destination so when i started to get more of a realization of just having fun enjoying each training session regardless of the outcome feeling feeling high with my high points so like my prs and my successes of like losing weight or whatever and then still feeling high during my low points of I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to figure things out, reverse engineer. I think that's led me to have more success because you don't give up after that point. Mm-hmm. Like like we're saying, when you take pride in like the work that you do, you don't let a small, minute failure just ruin all, all that you did. Like you still put in the work. You still ran the race. The outcome may have not been what you wanted, but if you take pride in the stuff that you did to get there, like you have it with your athletes, like some of them only have a goal of like, well, I, I want to bench at least a plate or two plates. And then they far out succeed that. But now they're sitting there like, oh, well, I'm only benching 300 and I want 315. But you don't understand that your goal at the start was 225. Now you can hit 225 for damn near like 10 plus reps. But they're always looking at like, the other side of the fence. Yeah. So I, I weigh and measure my success on the journey that I've gone through. So to put it in a, a short form. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause like, I was actually looking back the other day on just some, like some of the numbers I've had and like some of the numbers that I always, like when I was in high school, I thought was like crazy numbers to hit. And now I'm like, I, yeah, I do that shit in my sleep. And yeah. it's not like, it's good to again, have that, that mindset but it's always good to look back and like just just flourish in the journey that we've gone on. You have more pride, but you have more you have more satisfaction in that regards. Cause like, wow, 
that's awesome. It becomes more meaningful. Yeah, meaningful. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. What about you? I was always weak. So I think uh, that has been a huge driver of my success is just being strong. You know, and so I've, you know, I've put in a lot of time. There's people that have put in more time. And that's what I remind myself of. You know, I've been training for a long time. Somebody's done longer. So, but I think too is that's what makes me different than a lot of people I see is that I've put in the time for the last 10, 11 years. So I, I've known, I know now how to get through the lows. Yep. Just like you said, I know that if I have a crappy lift day, nah, it's all right. I can come back tomorrow. And usually like I had, I usually have one crappy lift day, maybe one or two a week. And it just, you know, I can't hit something that I can't, that I should be able to. And it frustrates me, but I get past it. And usually like, you know, on Friday this week for this, this past Friday, the other day, squat wasn't there. I knew it. I just, I was tired. I only got like six hours of sleep, knew it wasn't there. So I came off that heavy weight and I worked, it was John's birthday from the gym. And so we did a 33 rep box squat after we were done. And my thing was just getting through it without racking it. And I did it. So like that was, okay, I achieved something that day. And usually like I have to do that. If, if weights aren't being, aren't moving that are heavy, then I'll just bump it down to lighter weight and just work on reps or whatever. And I'll still find some success in that training that day. So it doesn't seem like a total loss. Uh, so my training has definitely, number wise, has gone up every year in some form or facet. So that keeps me motivated and I find success in that. But I also tell myself this isn't good enough yet. And that's how my brain works. It's not good enough. You could do better. And that motivates me to do better. Uh, and then I always tell myself that I, I need to be the hardest worker in the weight room when I'm in there. You know, I can't, I don't, I don't want to be outworked. Now, if you're stronger than me, that's different. Like, okay, yeah, you're stronger than me. But work-wise, you know, I'm going to outwork anybody in the weight room. That's my mentality. Yeah. Now, will I have challenges? Yes. There's people that could probably outwork me, but I'm at least going to rise to the occasion if that happens and not give up. Yeah. But that's what I do in everyday life is I'm going to be the hardest worker in the weight room or in work or whatever. So my success, number-wise, I found it. Now, if I look at other avenues, uh, it's been a long journey, and I look back at that. I look how much yeah. the weight room has taught me. The weight room has taught me a lot of life lessons that I use every day. You know, it's, it's one of those things that that's taught me success. You know, I just, it's a reminder that if you want something bad enough and you work hard enough for it every single day, day in and day out, even on the crappy days, there's nothing that's going to stop you from finding your success that you want. And I'm glad I was weak when I was in high school. Because I saw these guys that were pushing numbers that I never thought I could hit. And I something inside of me said, you know, just keep going. Try it. What's the worst that can happen? You fail over and over again. Well, at some point, you're going to get it. And I had big milestones, you know, from 315 to 405 to 500 to 600. You know, those are milestones. And then that's kind of been in my head, you know, in daily life that doesn't have to do the weight room. Being a coach, opening my own business, starting my own gym. Those are the reasons I did it because of the lessons I learned early on that I continue to learn every single day. Do I think I am successful in my training? Yes. 
do I think I can continue to grow and be better every single day in my training? Yes. And that's what I challenge myself with every day is how do I be better than the last day? You know, if I come in with an off, you know, the attitude's not right, then I fix it. I don't let one day bother me. You know, and that's what I see with non-successful people in the weight room. They let injuries, they let small defeats dictate their whole rest of their training day, their training session. I don't do that. I move on because I know, like, I've put in the time and I've processed it and I've looked back on it. I've analyzed it over and over and over again. And I've taught myself that one day does not dictate my whole life. And I don't let one thing ruin my day because life is, is short. It is so short and the little things don't matter. You know, the little things that bother us don't matter and it doesn't dictate our success. So I think I answered that question. I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm working on being more successful. There's numbers I'm chasing that'll help me become more and more successful in my mind. So I'm chasing that, but the journey has helped me become successful. And that'll continue because that's, I care about it. I I put a lot of effort into it and I try to have a great attitude when I do it. So, yeah. Here's how I would describe what you talked about and I talked about very similarly. You shouldn't let your past dictate your future, but also don't let your future devalue your past. Does that make any sense? That makes a lot of sense. So there's this sense of, of chasing greatness, you know, I like Matthew McConaughey's speech from a while back. I can't yeah, remember what it was, yeah, but he's like, I'm always about. like, I'm always chasing me in five years. Yeah. Because I'll never, et cetera. Go, go listen to that. So mm-hmm. it's the same, yep. same concept. But again, when don't let that future self devalue who you are now, who you were yesterday or five years ago, because that guy you were five years ago or yesterday or now is a variation of what you're going to be. Yeah. And it's all a a melting pot of, of success, both your failures, your stalemates, your, your successes, all of that. They all play a role. Chase tomorrow, but also remember yesterday. Yeah. Because you got to know where you, where you've come from to know where you're going. So I love that. I've literally never heard that before. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that's my quote. Don't let your past dictate your future, but don't let your future devalue your past. Someone maybe said it before, but I don't, I don't feel like it. So I've, never, I, yeah. I've heard the future part, I've but heard not the, the I've heard the, the first value. one. Yeah, but I'm going to put my, that's my twist. Uh, Brock Adams. There you go. Quoted by me. Put it put it on a t-shirt. So I made a quote the other day, um, two weeks ago. I don't know. Sometimes some things come to my head. Maybe this is out there too. But it kind of goes in line with what we're talking about because it just does. So what I talked about was... The quote is, do what you think you can't do so you can become more than you thought you ought to. That's what success is all about. Yeah. Because we're always, we have to be fighting to do what we think we can't. And then with you doing that day in and day out, you're going to be doing things that you will go past those things that you thought you couldn't do. So do what you think you can't do so you can become more than you thought you ought to. And... That'll get you to wherever you want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, what we're talking about, you know, with the coaching, with our own personal training that we do. That's how we are finding success every single day. And that's what's pushing us to become more successful. 
when I look at myself as a coach, do I think I'm successful? And a lot of times I don't because I'm like, you know what? I wish I could be at a higher level. I don't know, Brock, I'm going to ask you that question too, but do you think as a strength coach, what do you, let me ask you this and then I'll give you my opinion. What do you think society tells us as strength coaches to measure your like success make, as a coach? Makes us successful? Yeah. How is success of a strength coach measured basically? Yeah. In a societal way? In a societal way. Meaning? Yeah. Obviously I would say, again, from like a societal standpoint, it's like D1, yeah, elite level program. Professional. Perfect, like... You're in a very pristine school. Yeah. And you or or your your program, your strength program is like renowned by so, like mm-hmm. society people and or the people yeah. in the industry, right? I feel like that's how people see it. And that's how obviously when you get into it, that's usually a a goal, like an ultimate goal or like a high prioritized goal or a goal that's maybe hard to reach but like I want. Yeah. Work at it like D level program, D1 program. I could see that. Obviously, like how certain team, like if I'm the coach at Iowa, the strength coach at Iowa, obviously my success is driven from the team success. Yeah, your wins. So, yep. No, I is think, that what you think too, or what? Yeah, I think that you know your wins, your losses, yeah, that's wins and dictate losses. your injuries. Yep. Um, yeah. How many athletes that you get to the professional level? If you're looking strictly at college level. Yeah. Like, why was uh, Doyle? thought of as one of the best or you have a well i guess i don't know if those guys see success but like uh who's the oregon guy oh uh coach felt yeah like what makes what makes them so successful why do why does like the media and society like what is it i always ask myself that you know what is coach felt doing that i'm not doing Mm -hmm. is he doing anything that i'm not doing i don't i don't think so sometimes i do feel there's some type of like coaching titles that do kind of grab on to the uh the coattails of certain programs yeah like Oregon you know like Oregon is Oregon yeah you're the strength coach of Oregon yeah that's a pretty big honor yep you're the strength coach of Ohio State you're the strength coach of Clemson uh of LSU of Alabama you're you're no top level division one football programs that's a big deal Mm mm-hmm because there's usually those programs are so successful. So then it's like, well, they're so successful. Their strength coach has to be doing something right. Yep. And I think, you know, I've seen good strength coaches as the division one level. And I've seen in my own opinion, terrible strength coaches at the division one level. Yeah. Regardless of what school you're at. I don't know. I always go through this in my head, man. Like I'm not good enough yet. That's what goes through my head. I'm not good enough yet, yet. to be at the division one level. And some of that I'm showing myself like, yeah, man, you're you're continually learning. You're like you're you're getting better. I couldn't have been at the division one level five years ago. I wasn't ready for that. I look at it now and my maturity and the growth I've had, I think I could I could do it. Yep. You no, know, I I feel like I could make a difference at that level, you know, for my athletes and whatnot. Yeah, for sure. And that's just, you know, but, and then part of me, the small bit of me was like, oh man, you're not good enough yet. You know, it's still in my head. That doubt. That doubt. Everybody that, that has everyone it. Everyone has Everybody yeah. has that self-doubt. But I, I, I think, you know, society tells us as strength coaches that you're not successful until you get to that level. Yeah. And you feel some of that pressure. That's an honest statement. You feel some of that pressure at some point when you're in this career that, man, am I doing, am I good enough? 
Like, am I, am I really making a difference? Am I helping the performance of my athletes? And a lot of times I don't take that recognition. You know, I just, nobody tells you that, you know, like they don't say good job to the strength coach. You're a coach that's under the radar. Yeah. Strength and conditioning coaches aren't out there. They're, they're not the, they help, you know, they're not the guys that are on the field that are winning the games. Like that's your coach your you know, if you look at football, it's your head coach, your coordinator, uh, offensive coordinator, yep. you know, those are the guys that everybody gets write-ups about. You don't get write-ups about a strength coach. You don't see that stuff. No. Which, I mean, that's kind of my character though, too. I just, I don't, behind, I'm not flashy. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, yep. you know? And so, and I think every strength coach pretty much is like that. Their yeah. character is they know what they're doing when they get into it, that they're not going to get recognition a lot. But, you know, I've had coaches that say that do give me recognition and it's nice to hear. Like, it's for sure. Like, it's cool. Uh, I will always have a drive to be better. And, you know, my, oh, my, my always, my goal has been to be at the division one level, mm-hmm. I, but maybe that'll change. You know, I, that's why I opened the gym because I wasn't, we weren't, set on moving yet or me applying and trying to get a job and whatnot. So I decided to say, I decided that that's always been a dream. So let me try to tackle that dream. And then, you know, once I get established, maybe then I will start applying and whatnot to division one level colleges. Mm-hmm. One thing in strength and conditioning in like just exercise in general. And I've always said this, like being a trainer, a coach in that field, you you have to be fed pretty internally, like to to feel like satisfied, because there there be really driven. yeah there really is not like a lot of external satisfaction no. behind it. There's not no. a lot of praise. There's not a lot of like anything. You know, no. like being being a personal trainer, being a athletic trainer, or an ap- co- like a strength, strength and conditioning coach, coach of of any level, sports performance coach. Yeah, there's a lot of suck and like that goes behind it. Long hours. Very weird schedules. Yeah. Like, y- your lifestyle is very different. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we've both done it for, like I said, I've been doing it for eight years. You've been doing it for longer than that. And again, yeah, it takes a certain type of character. It takes a certain type of person and a certain type of internal satisfaction to stick with it. Yeah. Man. I mean, I know. I know a ton of people a that ton of people, Yeah. That, oh, I'm going to be a personal trainer. You see just the tip of the iceberg. You see the like, the very little success that they do, like the little praise that they do get. And that comes from, and that just comes from your personality. Like the one reason the guy from Oregon or even the guy from, is it Northwestern? Yeah. They're loud. Very, very established. Guys. Yeah. Very, probably definitely know what they're doing, but they also have a, a personality behind it yeah. that like gets them in the media. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what people want to get by. I'm like, oh, I want to be strength and conditioning. I want to be strength and conditioning coach because it looks fun as hell. Those guys yeah. are on the sideline. That They're making big money. Mustache. Yeah, big money. Like, okay, money's a different thing. <laughs> <laughs> so money, yeah. We didn't even go there, but financially, yeah, it's it's not high risk, but there there's not a lot of reward behind it. No, the kind of rewards. So you have to have a certain type of like reward for yourself, yeah. like satisfaction it's, of like rewards helping is your people. kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's truly that's the driving yeah. factor. Building relationships and mm-hmm. and and seeing success within others, because yeah, the the success you get is very 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 small. Well, yeah. When when you look at success like in other like we, you know, with how society deems success, we haven't really talked about that. We've talked about how it deems success as a strength coach, but in general. You know, I maybe that's something we need to go into is discussing what what does society yeah. say? How, do, 
how does it make people seem successful? Well, you look at dollar signs. Yep, dollar this signs and materialistic pl- publicity too. Yeah, publicity. Like if you're in the news, if you're in like the media. Yeah. If you if you're on so like if you're changing the world. Yeah. If you're if getting you're recognition. Doctor, yeah. Yep. You have success, or if you're getting paid. You always see the people. You know, I always look at the forty and under that come out. You know, in the paper or you know in the Des Moines Register. And it's all these people that have companies that are doctors, that are yep. lawyers. And it's like, they, you don't ever see those people that are. But how, like, uh, satisfied are those people? I don't know. I assume somewhat. Yeah. I mean, they have to I be d- hope driven so. in some regards. But that's, again, that's what I deem a lot of my success on satisfaction. Yeah. But money, some people money's are money nice. Driven. Money helps. Yeah. You know, like, I, I like money just like anyone else. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm not going to measure my life on money. No. Because at the end of the day, when you go to the grave, it's not there. Yeah, it's not going with you. No. should be more about what you did with that money. Yeah. Like, but that's that's what I think society needs to do differently yeah. is is let, let, let it be known that you don't have to be this big person to be successful. Nope. That's why people feel like they're not successful. Because we're told that you are not successful unless you're doing this big wig job. Yeah. But you're... And you, you're measuring your success off of someone else. Yeah, yeah, and that's not the right way to look at it. No, you know, I, I've never agreed with that, but that's just how it's probably always yeah. going to be. You can use it as a motivator of a of any kind if you wish it to be one, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't use it as it's it's that quote of like the grass is always greener type of approach. Yeah, like, yeah, like, do you want that kind of lifestyle? Like, do you want the lifestyle? do you also want to put in the work to have that lifestyle? Yeah. Cause you don't see what's behind the scenes. You don't see the, the negative side of it. We always praise and, and see success, but you don't see what negative sides there are. Now you don't, do, you don't now, see now, what are that, everyone like that. No, like is every yeah. rich person doing a line of cocaine off a stripper's asshole? Yeah. No, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, yeah, it's, it's different. Of course. You don't, and that's what people forget too, is they see the success that a person has in whatever way they want to believe that they have that success, but they don't see what it took for that person to get there. For the most part, most of those people have worked and worked and worked and worked some more when other people weren't willing to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's how I define success in a way too, is like, I don't think, I mean, I wish it was different as a coach where you didn't have to work these crazy hours. I really do. You know, I wish, oh, yeah. be, and I'm be always, awesome. I'm beating myself down. Cause Honestly, like, if, if the schedule was good, it'd probably be the greatest job in the world. Yeah. But it's not. No. It is not. Like, I, I people I always, don't understand. Yeah. Like, it's it's literally like it's a grind every single yeah. day. And it's a grind that I, 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 would, I wouldn't be doing if unless I didn't yeah. love it. But, but again, you have it's to be a driven lot of work. A, yeah, you have to be driven in a certain aspect. And all strength coaches know that, man, it's every day. Five days a week is a 14-hour day. Every day. Yep. And every other strength coach that listens to this or that's out there, they are doing the same thing. And so, and people don't see that. People don't, they just say, oh, yeah, you're a strength coach. That would be an easy job. All you have to do is be in a weight room. Try it. Try it. Try Try it for an extended period of time. Not just like, because it could be fun and flashy for a week. Do it for, do it for a month. Do, yeah. it for, do it for six it months. Is, somebody said, I was listening to a podcast and somebody brought that up that it is the most exhausting job 
because you constantly have to be a hundred percent, a hundred ten percent in. Yeah. Like when you're coaching, you it's like be mentally on. exhausting yep. because you're always motivating and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing for those athletes to give more and more and more. And then you have to be on them in a way where they don't want to like you anymore. Like where you become, oh man, here he is. Like Coach Secor, here we go again, a hundred up downs. Like you are disliked. You are lonely. Like people don't get that. Like they don't understand. Like there is more to it than what it just looks. It looks glamorous. It looks amazing. Like, yes, it is amazing. I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't, but there is yeah. more to it than what the eye sees. Yeah. And that's, again, that's at a cer- at certain levels. Yeah. Like, there's certain elements to it that it just all that grind for not so much shine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's... So, again, so you, you have to be driven very much internally. Internally. For, for certain elements. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, even at the top, like... The top top, like get get paid, like what I would say, like one percent, maybe not even that. Yeah. But the rest of the field, the rest of the you're not getting profession, paid. you ain't getting paid shit. You're not getting overtime for, for the dollar value for your time is very one sided. Yeah, and a lot as of people don't understand you, that. Yeah, as much time as you put in, the financial gain yeah. from it is not a they lot. Would, I get people. I've had not get, but I I've had people say, "Why would you do that?" Why would you do that for that amount of pay? What? Why would it even be worth it? You know, I worked a job once where I had paid time off PTO. Al and I were just talking about this the other day. I haven't worked a job like that for over six years, nor will I ever. Yeah. There's not a such. There's no such thing. When I'm not working, I'm not getting paid. Yep. I'm losing a day off, is a day of no money. So it's uh, I always have to weigh my options. It, you know, if it if it's something critical, I will take the day off. But for the most part, I can't not work. You know, I don't have that's that that's cool. I mean, like for all those people that have that, like that's awesome. Like yep. <laughs> kudos to you. You know, but I guess I there's there's give and take. Yeah. In this job, I I'm giving and I'm you know I'm receiving too by the success I'm seeing in the kids and their growth and my my personal training clients that I have same thing but then there's also you know that's the pros and the cons the cons are you know PTO isn't a thing paid vacation is not a thing you know if I want to take a week off to take the family on a vacation it's on your your time it's, it's on my time dime too yeah time and dime and that's something that I've come into realization and I I love my job well enough that I'm okay to sacrifice that Yep. You know, and so that just becomes the norm for me. Or, you know, we talk about, I was talking to an old teacher of mine that I haven't talked to for a long time. I called her the other day and I told her, like, I don't know the feeling of being home before nine o'clock, Monday through Friday, nine o'clock at night. I don't know the feeling of what it's like to sit down at a dinner table with my whole family Monday through Friday at like five or six o'clock at night. We don't live that life. Like traditional. Traditional. Or even just seeing the kids. Like my, my Calvin's time with me is at the gym, which isn't much. And then baby time, Magnus, is when I get home. Usually I'm starving by nine, so I try to eat quick because I'm like dying. And then it's Magnus time and Allie time like because Calvin's in bed by that time from like 9.30 to 10.30. And then I understand like... I go to bed at 10 30 I have to be up at 5 30 I'm not getting eight hours of sleep no sacrifices Sacrifice. and like yep. I just want 
I want people to not feel sympathy or sorry. This is the life that I've chosen. Feel the uh, understand it. The understand yep. like this is this is what I, I chose. This yep. nobody else chose this. I knew what I was getting into when I did it, and I have a wife that supports it. But it does, yeah. Sometimes, like you look at what sucks about the job is you lose a lot of time yeah. with your kids. With and you just lose you lose time. Period. Yeah, and it's depending on the person, like yeah. you're definitely in a situation where yeah, like your time is with your kids. Therefore, you're losing out on it. Mm. And then someone, so like my situation that I've done for the last eight years is like you, you lose out on a lot of experiences with like family mm. or friends mm. or yeah, going on a vacation. Like since I started doing this stuff, I think the last time I literally was on a vacation, Miguel, was your bachelor party. And what yeah. was that? Like two days? Yeah. Like I've was- never been on a legit like I've taken time off and I've just like not done anything. Like I think during like the holidays or whatever, like even this last de- December, mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to work for a week. Didn't get paid for one. So understand that. It's like, yeah. like you said, when you're not working, you're not getting paid. Yeah. But what I did is I, I was still working. I was building my brand with my video stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, man, since that, but an extended vacation, I haven't been on. Let's say for like a five day vacation. Yeah. Since I was like a little kid with yeah, man, family. Me either. And that was like maybe camping or stuff. Mine was like college, yeah. maybe freshman year or something. Yeah. But, but like, it, and what it sounds like you're saying is to become successful, yeah, it's a, you have to it, be willing to sacrifice yep. there's everything. A, there's a price behind there it. There is. And yeah. it's like everything I do is not for me. And that's, I think that's it's the whole point for of everybody. Being, a, like, being a coach. It's a very selfless profession. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. There's there's some type of payoff like long there's a yeah, long term sure. payoff that it, it will eventually, but it only comes down to putting in the time. Yeah, it like, allow it allows you to be more optimistic. Mm-hmm. I'm very optimistic in life with everything I do and have a positive attitude because I'm always knowing in the back of my head there's a reason there's a purpose. I'm very it, well it's optimism. You know I don't I see the positive in every negative situation. At some point. Now, that doesn't mean right away. Yeah. There's some crappy situations. There's some sad situations that will happen in life. But I try to pull out good in it at some point because that keeps me going forward. You know, working a job like this, like we do, at the end of the tunnel, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm hopefully offering a better life to the to my family. That's the goal. Like, I, I was talking to Dave McGoy. You know Dave, right, from the gym? Yeah. And he was saying, you know, people say that it's 50-50. 50 percent family 50 percent job and he's like i don't agree with that i think it's 100 and 100 because you give 100 percent of your job so that you can support your family and but you give 100 percent for your family that helps you support your job that yep. helps you like do your job and that makes sense i'm like oh i've never really thought of it like that because i always thought the 50 50 but it's like if you don't give it 100 in your job you're not supporting your family and that's the only way you can support your family and survive is by working your butt off at your job yep so that's how i look at it is like if i didn't have support from Allie and my family, I couldn't give a hundred percent. I would not be doing what I'm doing. No, it's it's it goes both ways. And that's probably why. Let's say let's like switch the roles. If you were doing a job that you didn't did not give a shit about, but it provided a lot more financial stability for your family. For one, you'd be hating it, of course. I think yeah. we, we've both done jobs like that. Yeah. And more than likely, your your family, so you're like your your wife and kids, they wouldn't like it either. Because they could no. see, like, they the people can just re- yeah, you read would be, your and you would, you would And it would go off when you're when you're around them. 
that negativity would yeah. would roll off of you and go towards them. Exactly. And like so like for me it's like I don't have a lot of negativity. I don't have that vibe with m- myself. Yeah. And it's because I work a job that I love and then I have a family that loves me and that I love and that makes things easier. You know, and and that that creates a position that allows me to be in a position where I'm finding success. The stress is less, but I'm finding success. You know, and that's that's optimally where people should want to be. Yeah. Less stress, more success. That's a good one. Um, and then you're able to to get where you want to be, you know, and, and and there's so many parts that play into success. You know, we're talking about family, talking about job. We're talking about training. Training is more of a hobby for us, you know, but every avenue that we do, we're finding success in it in some aspect. Yeah. I think I have a very successful family. You know, marriage is something that we're, you know, constantly working on to become better and better with. And I think that's every marriage, I think, you know, like we have things that Allie and I were trying to work on and we know what it is. You know, we've addressed some things this week that we're both needing to work on, but that's helping us have a more successful marriage relationships with the kids, you know, same thing. Calvin's when he's around me, I want him around me. You know, he's coming to football with me today. That's, that's, that's our time to, to be together. You know, I'm not, I don't have that time to normally to just hang out and, but if he can be around me and see what I'm doing day in and day out. And then, then he, then he's watching, following, like, that's my way of giving back to him. And then the work as we've already talked about. So, yeah. Um, I'm a little petered out. How about you? Good. I'm I felt, good. I felt really good about this one. Yeah, this is good. It felt, felt good. I want to say that, hey, you know, next week's going to be another good one. We've already talked about what we're going to be discussing. Um, my wife wanted us to, she wanted to hear a little bit more motivational. I think we did that today. But next week, Brock and I talk, decided that we're going to talk about our favorite, you know, motivational quotes yeah. that we have out there. And then we can go into more depth about them. So, you know, if you're into that type of thing, definitely be listening to that. We should have some good content, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, guys, uh, we appreciate you listening. Again, like I said at the beginning, share this out there. If you feel value from this podcast, you have to give it the value it deserves by sharing it. Share it in group chats, share it on social media, share it everywhere because it's going to help us grow and it's going to help us give back. And that's kind of the whole purpose of this podcast. Uh, give us your thoughts on anywhere. So if you want to hit us up, let us know what you should be talking about. Again, we're going to talk about that next week, but the week's following, give us some topic thoughts. Other than that, guys, that's going to be it for Wisdom of the Weight Room. We appreciate you listening. We'll see you next time.